Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview, our Thursday night show here live on YouTube and Facebook. Thank you for joining us. Joining me, as always, is Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. What's going on, Brian? Happy Thursday. We are now into the fourth month of the year, which means we are less than 30 days to the NFL draft. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Dave Schofield, the other co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. What's up, Dave? It's exactly four weeks from right now. We should be patiently awaiting the Steelers' first pick in the NFL draft. And we are going to talk about that a lot tonight, uh, mainly in the second part. We're going to kick things off with that 2021 NFL draft. We have a lot of stuff to talk about today, as we always do for those that maybe just join into the preview because they like the collection of people that join our show. We have a great live chat every Thursday night. If you've never checked us out, if you listen to us on our audio side and you ever want to check us out live, go to youtube.com, search BTSC Steelers Radio, subscribe so that you don't miss any of our PM shows. And we welcome you. And the live chat is amazing. Trust me, great, great people. So let's get things started with some news. So we always do. Tyson Alualu or Alulu, however you want to pronounce it. I think Alulu is the actual pronunciation of his name, regardless. What a crazy story that was. And it's something that's been talked about ad nauseum on all of our podcasts. I talked about it on Let's Ride. I know other people like the Scobro show. They talked about it as well. But he made it official today. He did sign on the dotted line. So we don't have to worry about, uh, is he going to is he gonna flip-flop back to Jacksonville? No, he's staying. Guys, how big of a deal is it that Alualu is back? Brian, we'll start with you. It's a huge deal because it changes a lot of things. It uh, brings structure to that, uh, that defensive line. You are not worrying about uh, Wormley versus Isaiah Bugs versus Carlos Davis, my dear son. You're not worried about drafting Jalen Twyman in the fourth round where you can possibly get somebody else because there are a lot of spots, which we're going to be talking about on this show, of need for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think it's absolutely huge. But what makes it bigger for me is the fact that he made a decision based on how much he loves the organization and the city and how much his family loves being here. He was recruited by a defensive line coach who basically said, Hey, there's still time. You haven't signed on the line. Think about what you're missing here. So that means that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a destination and we had, man, we had a podcast. I'm not sure whether it was Dave who did it or Jeff who did it saying, is Pittsburgh no longer a, uh, a prime destination for free agents? So you have two guys in Smith-Schuster and now Alulu who are taking slightly a little bit less. I know it's not as uh, the difference for Alulu wasn't as much as we originally thought on Saturday night, but they're taking less to be in this situation in Pittsburgh and it's worth it for them. That, sh that uh, makes me feel like the organization is a lot more valuable than we think it is right now. What about you, Dave? You agree with what Brian said, how big it is, big of a deal it is that Alulu is back? Yeah, but you got you got to think of it this way. All right, how you get there really shapes your narrative. Think about this: the Pittsburgh Steelers finished the regular season in 2020 at 12 and four. The problem was is that they went 11 and 0 to start and one and four over the last five weeks. That's a major difference than going, oh, let's say two and four to start the season and rolling off 10 straight wins. 
Tyson Alualu staying with the Steelers was one of the most, in my opinion, the maybe the most important unrestricted free agent that they needed to retain. The fact that they lost him for 10 days, we believed he was gone. And then he was resurrected back to the Steelers. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's what makes it crazy. That's what makes it such a bigger deal. It's not that they just signed him on, you know, on the 16th of March when it was reported that he was going to Jacksonville. If they'd have signed him right then. We'd be like, oh yes, we expected Al be back. This is great. It's the fact that we lost him. And it's the whole idea of you never know what you got till it's gone. We knew what it was like for him to be gone. And now he's back and he's without back. without missing a snap. So it's a really big deal. It is a big deal. And you all spoke so eloquently. I have to I have to address some people in the live chat right now. But Dave, you should probably write this article because I'm just going to use nothing but sarcasm and talk about how he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He's awful. He's awful. And I said it the other day uh, on my show, and I said it on our Slack channel, and those, those Aussies down under, they took offense to it. I said, I don't think he's a good cold-weather kicker. The punter, he when I think back, when they got rid of Colquitt last season, he came back and was like, wow, Jordan Berry, he actually made it on my winner's list a couple times. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the season, what was he doing? Shanking punts again. Why? I think it's because it got cold. So I don't like him. I don't like the fact they brought him back. I'm hoping that he gets cut again. Not a good addition, but I digress. Let's continue. Um, here's I can some, give you some numbers with him. If it's if it's anything positive, I don't want to hear it. it. Well, no, I'm saying it would only be a hundred thousand dollars in dead money if they release him, and it would, but it would only save eight hundred and fifty thousand against the cap. But uh, after displacement, that would be like a whole whopping seventy Gosh, grand. What a waste! <laughs> what a waste right. of money! What a waste of no, money! It's, no, it's it really, is. It no, is. No, it's not. It's not a waste of money. Yes, because it it's, it's done in a way that that he's the only way he's going to get this job is if he does a good job. I mean, would you rather go into the season with no punter? No, no give it me makes sense to have him bring in someone else to 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 uh, to beat him out. Okay, here's the question. I, I need to jump in here. Jeff. What? Uh, Colin Holba. He's Daniel my hero. Sepulveda. He's my hero. Here's Colin the question. Holba. If they Greatest go 7B on a punter, if they take the kid from Ohio State that might be the best punter in the draft, but, I mean, still on the seventh round, if they do that, are you going to be happy with it? Or are you going to go crazy? No, I'm crazy? No. Am I going to be happy? I'm not going to be happy until Jordan Berry leaves the Steelers, leaves the 412 area code, and never returns. That's when I'll be happy. Because I was happy last year, and I was like, yay, he's finally gone. And then yeah, that weasel found his way back onto the team. I can't. Oh, my God. You thought that was better than what oh. the Steelers had in Colquitt during that time? I didn't, honestly, oh, by the end terrible. of the season, by the end of the season, there was no difference in Colquitt's performance and Berry. They were both that bad. Barry went really? down like the rest of the team. When was the last time any Steelers punter, not just Jordan Barry, flipped the field? Think like Sam Cook does for a Coke. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. Of the Ravens, I mean oh. that guy flips the field so many times. Where you're thinking, man, we got the Ravens a three and out. Here we go. The Steelers are going to have great field position. Nope, sixty yard boot. You're pinned back inside your own thirty. The Steelers never get that from their punter. And it's not just a Tomlin thing. It's not just, it, it's literally been years. When was the last time the Steelers had a punter that actually could do that? I'll wait. I'll probably. No, I was, no, what I was going to say was to do it regularly 
Yeah, that's a great question. Because, But I remember having conversations during games of like, wow, that might have been one of his best punts he's ever had. He completely flipped the field in 2020. So it's the thing is, it's not that it never happens. It's that one it doesn't time. happen. He did it one time. Dude, I, I'm not arguing Remember that, that one great. kick that he I'm kicked not really good. That he's great. <laughs> but when you have 154 punts inside the 20 yard line with only 18 touchbacks, there you go. But when you're kick, well, but if you're kicking terrible. from midfield and you're just settling for inside the twenty, that's not good. And enough. he had his he had his best average of his career last year. All right, so Dave's going to start the Jordan Berry fan club. He <laughs> no, will be the saying, charter member. I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> I am, I am, I am going to disrupt. Now, if you would have been here arguing that he's great, I would have been bringing up statistics. <laughs> otherwise, that's just All what right, I would have well, Let's move on from that that horrible punter from down under. Uh, so let's talk about a player that is very intriguing to me. He officially, I guess you could say it was official. The first rumored report was, nah, everyone's like, is this really happening? And then another, uh, I would say a better source said that Carl Joseph, the safety who played last season with the Cleveland Browns did visit the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got excited about this for a lot of reasons, but I want to get your all's take. Brian, Carl Joseph, where are you thinking about this, about him joining the team, joining the secondary? What would it cost? Do you think this is a smart move if they can pull it off? Oh, it's a beautiful move if they can pull it off. It just, I mean, I know Dave's going to talk about finances. I really don't know what what they can afford right now because the salary cap right now makes my brain hurt. That's what, when I have a salary cap question, instead of, letting my my uh, wheels turn i just call dave that's what i do i said dave what what are we looking at here because i just don't get it anymore because you know you save all this money and like well we've got to pay these guys these guys and these guys so when they say we're six under we're actually 13 over so i have no clue <laughs> but when it comes to carl joseph he had some he had he did not look like a first rounder for the raiders when they brought him in, but he has been hurt. But when he's on the field, he plays pretty well. You're not bringing him in to be a starter, but you've got something hanging over your head right now where you don't know whether you're going to put the attender on both your safeties next year. You don't know whether you're going to do that. You don't know whether they're going to bring him in to bolster as a third safety, which is great in case somebody does get hurt. You don't know what you're going to have there, but that's another thing where if you bring in a guy like Carl Joseph, you're not looking at a James Wiggins in the fourth round. You're not looking for a safety probably whatsoever in this draft, and it would be a good move if they could afford it. It always worries me, though, when a free agent comes to visit and he leaves without a deal. Yeah, no, you're right. They, they come in and they leave. Typically, it's numbers didn't match up or whatnot. Dave, what do you think about it? Yeah, and it's all about the numbers. Do you know how much uh, Carl Joseph made last year as a member of the Cleveland Browns? Nope. What would you think? Any idea? Uh, I'd say he made a pretty penny. Um, he was kind of a sought-after free agent, I believe. But I get a feeling that I'm wrong. I feel yeah. like it's probably a lot lower than you think. I'm going to say he made 2.5. Who <laughs> Did someone put it in the live chat? I haven't looked. I'm not even no. on the screen. No. That's exactly it. Yes. It was 2.5. Jeff finally so, gets one right. Which, which is good. But not like, wow, blow me away. There's no way they can afford him. You know, is he is he looking beyond that or not? Like I put out there in the Slack channel, he's got one career touchdown. Unfortunately, it was in the postseason on a errant wow. 
Pouncy's touchdown yeah. pass from Marquis Pouncy. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. basically. <laughs> which, which so, I think I'm going to say it here first. I think it's time for Marquis Pouncy to retire. So I, I just want to say that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll be up on that. We'll, you, we'll might ruffle, you might ruffle yeah. some feathers. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Actually, right now, I would love to have Bouncy back compared to if you want to look at the Steelers center. Right now, I would love for him to unretire. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. that's not a rip on Bouncy, yeah. by the way. Yeah, no, that I was mean, just tongue in cheek. So, and for everybody correcting me in the live chat, there's a thing called sarcasm. I was pretty thick there, but I yeah. guess not. Yeah, so for me, I think that, um, Honestly, if they could get Carl Joseph and someone asked me on Twitter, what would that mean for Edmonds? Would they cut Edmonds? No, they wouldn't cut Edmonds, but that might mean that they don't pick up his fifth year option. If they like Carl Joseph to maybe fill in for Edmonds, if Edmonds is going to be gone because, but then here's the thing the way that the new CBA, and I know Dave would bring this up because he wrote the article for the site, the way that the CBA is structured. Now your fifth year options based on the success you've had, in the league up until that point, Mega Fitzpatrick, who's been an all pro he's been pro bowler. He's going to make a lot more money uh, than say Terrell Edmonds, who hasn't even sniffed either of those accolades. So it's one of those situations where 50 year option for Edmonds is going to be rather cheap. Maybe Minka Fitzpatrick, you could actually save money by giving him a new contract, signing him to a, a new deal that would lessen that burden in the first year. I don't know, but I do like Carl Joseph being from West Virginia. I keep an eye on WVU's football team. He went to West Virginia. He was, I, I liked him coming out of college. I know the Steelers did too. Mike Tomlin spoke very highly of him. And so I wouldn't be shocked. I, I agree though. If we don't hear anything on Friday, I think that it's not going to happen. You all agree with that? You know what? I can't yet because this is such a weird year. Nothing, nothing makes sense in 2021 because of the salary cap. One thing that you're seeing a lot of these one-year deals. So nothing, I mean, things that are, are happening right now that you would never expect. I mean, I don't think we would have ever expected uh, Juju to be signing for $8 million. I don't think we ever expected a player to leave and come back. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I, I really I really don't know. <laughs> if, this was any, over that. <laughs> if this was any other year, I'd say he leaves, you know, it's done. Yeah. But this is crazy. So it's really hard for me to say definitively that, that it's not going to happen. I would think if you don't hear anything by Monday, then I'd at least give it the weekend. Dave, you agree with that? Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I see that okay. it's, it is a different year. It's a different time. And honestly, it depends on why the, why, why the player's leaving, you know, when they had, what's his name? Hightower. And several years ago, when they're like, if you leave your offers yes. off the table, because he was taking that offer to go back to New England to get a better deal. Okay. If it's someone who's like, I'm sorry, I I refuse to sign a deal unless I talk to my father or my wife or something like that. And the Steelers know that it's different. Every circumstance is different. And it's hard to say, but I'm, Brian's timeline's probably right on. I'd look for tomorrow, but at the latest it would be Monday or it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. The other two players, we're just going to quickly hit on these. It's not really noteworthy. Sean Davis did leave the Steelers in free agency, went to Indianapolis, signed a one-year deal with the Colts. And also someone that I know I was very hopeful that might make a return back to Pittsburgh. That would be LJ Fort. The Ravens released him due to cap reasons. The Ravens just signed him back to a one-year contract. So it's lousy that LJ Fort couldn't come back and help bolster the inside linebacker depth, but not going to happen this year, but let's get into the 
the meat and potatoes of this podcast, the headline of this podcast, which is Steelers team needs. I don't know why I like talking about this so much. I just love it. I think it's interesting to know where other fans, and that includes the three of us that are hosting this show, where we all reside in terms of what is the most important position for you, this team moving forward. Now, remember, this could be in not just the draft. So this is not just talking about draft team needs. This could be a trade. This could be a free agent acquisition if there's a player still out there at that particular position. The only thing that I'm going to ask from you, gentlemen, and Dave knows this because he was on my Let's Ride to talk about it, is we're not going to do a cop-out and say, I think the number one team need is the offensive line. No. Pick a position. Specific. Don't say even interior offensive line. It's center or guard. All right. If they mm-hmm. can do both, that's great. But we want to know what position you really think is the most important. Again, don't say defensive line or secondary or defensive back. Let's be specific. Linebacker. Let's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Inside, outside, edge, whatever. You can label it however you like. We know how the Steelers label their players based on their defense. So let's do this. We're going to do one at a time. We're going to do our top five team needs. Uh, we'll see where time gets us. We might have to take a break in there, in, in which case it's not the end of the world. Let's start with you, Brian. Entering this second wave of free agency and the upcoming NFL draft, what would be the top team need for you? What position? Now, let me preface this. with This is not who I'm saying the Steelers are going to take number one in the draft, but they do need a running back that has to be addressed. That has got to be addressed in the first four rounds. A lot of people want it higher. You could bring a running back in. You brought Keelan, uh, Kellen Balage. I I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Is it Keelan Balage? Kellen. I was Bellagio. told it's Balage. I was Bellagio. told it was Balage. Like the Balagio. Like Balagio. Yeah. Like <laughs> oh, if you man. guys, oh, if you guys watch Scobro show, you would know that. I've got a that's two a.m. story from the Balagio, but that's for another time. Um, yeah. Oh gosh, Vegas, baby. Um, but you know, they they look, they've got to go ahead and take a running back. Dave was writing an article and he it came out yesterday, and it came out right when Balage was signed. One minute. One, yeah, really I mean, one minute right there. No joke. But Dave, my question is to you is was Balage the answer that you thought? No. Okay, so what I'm saying here is that's a guy to fill a room. Yeah. Think Wendell small, Wendell Smallwood from last year, mm-hmm. you know, they brought him in. He, you never saw him on the roster. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Balage. Balage uh, filled in really well when Austin Eckler went down in Los Angeles. But what I'm saying here is this team needs a feature back. I don't think you're going to get it in a free agency. I don't think you're going to get that feature back outside round number two and you're going to be lucky to get them in round number two if you're looking at the big three then you got to take one early if that's what you deem if you're kevin colbert mike tomlin the roonies omar khan the guy in uh, section uh 123 you know that's you probably need to know that you've got to go get a running back early i don't think you're going to find that running back in free agency right now but that's your number one need. All right. So you have running back first, Dave, what's yours center mm. because even though they have two bodies, they need much better quality to be the starter at that position. And I think it starts there. I'm going with that as number one. 
I'm going to agree with Dave. My number one need is a center. I just think that BJ Finney and or JC has now, I feel like they're one in the same in terms of the type of player that they are, their capabilities of being that guy. I don't like it at all. Uh, but on top of that, what scares me is that if they're thinking about just going after a center in the NFL draft, I'm not crazy about this draft class at center either. Um, there's a lot of question marks. I don't think any of them is it are necessary. I don't necessarily think that this group is anyone that I would take in the first round no. of the draft. I know but what you mean. Day two, second round, 55, possible. I just don't know if any of those players are day one starters, and that's what scares me. I don't know if there's anyone. What are you going to say, Dickerson? Humphrey? No, I was going to say Humphrey is probably shooting up people's boards with the way he tested. I don't like people that shoot up boards because of testing. I like the tape. I like what they've done. So that could be an issue. I would. I. I can't tell you who, but what I would like nothing more is for the Steelers to get a center in their second round pick. But. If if they had to go first, it would then de- de- depend on what they could do in the set. We'll get there. This is only the first one I mentioned. Okay. So. All right. Okay. Here's let me jump in real quick because this is the problem with this entire thing. Wes, I love you, but top mm-hmm. needs center, and that's not even a debate. No, it, this is a debate, and the reason it's a debate is this is who I think running back is the need. Now, when I go to draft, and I've been doing mock draft simulations like crazy, I'm addicted to it. And I'm making sure I'm always getting a center in the second or third round. If I slip to four, it's Trey Hill from Georgia if he's there. So there's some guys I like. But there's a lot more needs than just one. But this is where I think that they are lacking the most at running back. They're lacking at center. But we've got, I mean, there's going to be avenues where you can get a few of these guys if you do it right. Yeah. Okay. You're right. And like I said, remember, this isn't just the NFL draft. Let's keep that in mind. I've said that I'd be open if there's a team that has a, a center they're trying to ship. If if you can make a trade work, hell, do it. Because I'd rather give I said it a million times, give me a Jeff Hardings type. End of their career, looking for a, a few, few good years in the sun left. I mean, get, get that player that's possible. So let's go to the uh, second. Brian, you said running back first. What's your second team need? All right. My second team need is inside linebacker. All right. Want to expound on that a little bit? Yeah. I uh, I don't care if you've got Devin Bush there and Robert Spillane. I think you want to bring a guy in that you know that you can trust. If Now, this is it. This is the thing here. You need to bring a guy in for depth. We saw what depth did to the inside linebacking core last year. It killed it. Because not only did Bush go down, Spillane went down too. And then you're then you're relying on Avery Williamson, which if Avery Williamson comes in and camp, he's a lot better Avery Williamson than what you do get when you're not starting him into until like November 16th. Not starting, you're not even really putting him in the lineup until November 16th. Because they put him in November 9th against Dallas. He didn't he couldn't do much of anything. He just got there. In fact, he was on the uh, the COVID watch list because he had a quarantine coming in, couldn't do much with the team. They need to have somebody in there. So you got to bring another inside linebacker in. I like the fact that Spillane is there for depth. Do you want him as a full-time starter? Can he be a full-time star- starter? Possibly. But if you're looking at one of these studs, and I'm talking the main stud, Zaven Collins, that's a guy that could change your whole world. 
if you decide that you want to go with him number one and you find a guy at number two that could be a top running back, a guy at number, at number three that could be a top center. But if you bring back a guy like Avery Williamson, you have more depth and you know he can start too. So I kind of like the inside linebacker there. Trust me, I want a center and that's coming up on my list. But this is how I'm looking at it. It's your list. You can have it however you want. No one's going to yell at you. Hey, oh, real- really? <laughs> <laughs> no, <it's> gonna- <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me get this live of the super chat here. Shane uh, Van Hayden gave us $5. Said, congrats to BTSE for making it to Jerry Dulac's live chat transcript recently. Love the channel. Thank you. I don't Do you guys know anything what he's talking about. No, we'll have to know. ask uh, Michael. I know Michael's a PG guy. He's the post gazette. He always reads that stuff. Once they, uh, once, once they lifted, once they've made a paywall, I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheap. What can I say? Yeah. All right, Dave, go ahead. Your second team need. Okay. Well, can I, I just want to yell at Brian's because never, no, I'm sorry. I, I guess I'm not allowed to do that. And sorry if my connection was a little bit spotty earlier, my internet was out today and here I wasn't on the right Wi-Fi channel. Sorry. You're good to go. All right. So I'm back. I'm good. Okay. Number two, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to say running back because what I'm looking at is I'm trying to look at position by position are the Steelers the the same better or worse than last year and right now running back was not good last year and I don't think they're as good as what they were last year right now so I don't think bringing in Balage was an answer I don't think and I'm not saying that oh you should bring back James Conner so you at least have what you had last year because even Art Rooney the second admitted that's not good enough I'm still not saying they have to go draft. They could see if they could find someone else out there. The pickings are slim. I'm assuming it's going to be draft, and I'm fine with it being draft, but they've got to do something to address the running back position. I'm not disagreeing with running back. I think it deserves to be there, but shockingly, I'm actually going to go offensive tackle. I think that this is a really deep class. If you're looking at the NFL draft to address tackle, you could probably find a quality tackle in the second or even third rounds if you really want. And let's be honest, Chuk for if he's considered one of your bookend tackles for this season, after this season, he's a free agent. And so, yeah, you have Banner on a two-year deal. You kind of want to find that, whether it's a Marcus Gilbert, uh, you want to try to find, not Mike Adams, but you definitely want to try to find a tackle in this draft <laughs> that could be your next tackle for the long term. You want that long-term answer, whether it's left or right tackle, doesn't matter. I'm going offensive tackle with my second team need. All right, let's go to three. And then after three, we'll take a quick break and we'll finish up after the break. Brian, we'll start with you. What's your third on the list of team needs in terms of position? This is where I'm going with center. It's okay. very important and I get it. I just think you could throw it down the list a little bit. All right. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that. Dave, what about you? Yeah, this is why you can't, because it's so much worse than it was last season. That's why it's number one for me. Me, for number three, believe it or not, I'm going tight end. Because if you look at the group that they have now, it's not as good as it was last season with the retirement of Vance McDonald. You need to do something. You You need to sign a Jesse James or draft somebody in the draft I don't know that Gentry's ready to be the number two. I don't know that Kevin's Raiders ready to be the number two. I'd actually argue that Raider might be closer than Gentry right now, especially as hard as he was playing on special teams. But I, I they, they need to do something there because they lost and they haven't gained anything. 
Let me ask you this question because I honestly don't know. I, if you all check the website behind the steel curtain.com, I do these breakdowns. I'm literally going like by position. I'm getting people that just Steeler fans are talking about, and I, I'm learning these prospects as I go. Haven't looked at any tight ends. I know of Pitts, but he's going to be like a top 10 pick. Everyone's saying yeah. from Florida. How's this tight end class? I've heard about the tight end from Penn state. The yeah, Steelers were obviously for me, they were very interested in him at their pro mm-hmm. day. Is this a deep tight end class? I don't think it really is. I don't know that it's that they're going to, I don't know that the draft is the place to add another tight end, honestly. And what's great. Like my article said, if you, you could, you could add a free agent and then take that position completely off the board. The Steelers did it with tight end last year. Thought tight end was going to be a position of high need. They go out and get Ebron, then it's not anymore. They, to me, they can't go into the season with just Ebron and the two two guys that I put as almost the equivalent of practice squad guys. They need to do something. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go with linebacker as my nah, cheater. Inside oh, linebacker. Oh, okay, inside linebacker. linebacker. I'm sorry. <laughs> Breaking your own rules, Jefferson. I'm sorry. The inside linebacker, uh, I'm going to go because I think that, like Brian said earlier, I think it was Brian, that the depth is just – it's just not there. And that's why I was so fingers crossed hoping that LJ Fort would somehow find his way back to Pittsburgh because I think if you would put Fort in that mix with Spillane, maybe Ulysses Gilbert the third. Uh, you, you throw him in with Devin Bush, obviously now all of a sudden you have a pretty good group and you wouldn't need to worry about his Avon Collins necessarily right away in the first round. But I think that linebacker inside linebacker needs to be addressed at some point. That's why I have it at third. So we're going to, Hey, when we come back after this break, we're going to be talking about our fourth and fifth. Then we're going to be focusing specifically on the draft. So if you're listening in audio form, make sure you check out part two. If you're watching live on Facebook or YouTube, don't go anywhere because we aren't going anywhere. We'll be right back. 